six, five, four, three, two, one. going on everybody welcome into another episode of fantasy football 101 i'm your host jake rip and you are listening to the 101 of fantasy football podcasts and now please welcome the timex wearing spirit flying toyota riding fantasy football ranking ladies and gentlemen i'm having a hard time keeping these alligators on the ground D Hall. All right, we got D Hall back on Fantasy Football 101. Donnie, where are you at? And everyone instantly turns off the show and everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. (laughs) That was not one of your better woos, but you explained it before the child. Yeah, so here's what I'm going to start doing. You know, for, for those of you that have seen Seinfeld, um, it's a little known thing that every time Kramer comes through the door in the Jerry's uh, apartment, he comes through a different way. <laughs> so my thing for every time we start off the show, I'm going to have a different variation of the woo. I that's, hope you guys enjoy that. That's going to be a lot of variations. Are you going to be able to keep up week in and week out? Do you have enough gas in the tank? I think so. And then eventually we'll change it to uh, something else, another uh, intense opening but for now i will try to go as long as i can with different woos oh maybe a different uh wwe entrance spoiler maybe (laughs) all right let's talk some overvalued fantasy players these are guys who can i think they can all pop off i think they can all be good for fantasy in multiple formats but where they're being taken there's no upside Every single one of these guys is being taken at their absolute ceiling to where... Uh, maybe. May, maybe. Okay, to be discussed. To be discussed. Uh, we're going to agree on some of these guys, but uh, there's definitely some when Jake sent me the list earlier this week that I did not agree with. Oh. So we'll see what happens. Well, let's start on a guy that I'm pretty sure that we're both in agreement on. Uh, given the last episode, if you haven't already, go back and check out the AFC East Breakdown where we talked about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Right now, Josh Allen is being drafted at the 602, the quarterback seven off the board. Donnie, your instant reaction to that. Uh, For me, Jake, this one's pretty, um, I I don't want to say egregious, but it's pretty bad. Uh, Josh Allen had like nine rushing touchdowns last year, correct? Yes, correct. They add a running back in Zach Moss. Uh, to go along with Devin Singletary. So with nine rushing touchdowns, I can't see that number sustaining even close to where it's at. And here's the thing. those With those nine rushing touchdowns, which is a crazy amount of rushing production to go with 510 yards on 109 attempts, he finished as the QB6. So we've got to consider that his ceiling, right? Unless you expect him to have 12 rushing touchdowns next year? I, I, I don't see him going up in touchdowns rushing, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think a lot of this is baked into his new receiver, Stefan Diggs, which can't be discounted. Stefan Diggs is a t- 
top we said it on our last podcast top 15 talent wise yeah. receiver um we'll see now that he's kind of the focal point of the offense but that being said this guy's got to really 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 improve on his passing to get you those numbers to finish as a top eight quarterback i just don't see that happening i think the rushing is going to go down i think the passing will increase a little bit but as you know in fantasy football that rushing touchdown for generally is six points and throwings for four points so that offsets a lot yeah, you spoke about his accuracy issues as a rookie throwing just under 53% completion and then marginally better last year throwing 59% completion, but that was still the second worst in the league only to Dwayne Haskins. And the way I categorized him on our last episode was like, he gives you the safe floor of a rushing quarterback that you want, but he doesn't have those boom weeks that you get from Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Josh Allen's a guy who's only thrown for 260 yards once in his two-year career. So he's never even broke the 300 mark. Nope, never. Exactly. So uh, when I generally have a top five quarterback, and when I get into now top three quarterbacks with Watson, you know, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, they all can rush the ball a little bit. But when I get into my top five quarterback that doesn't have necessarily the rushing, yes, Josh Allen was rushing, but like we said, we think we're going to that produce and it's the passing he's going to make up. So what I'm saying is you look at Mahomes, you look at Lamar Jackson, you look at, you know, these top five quarterbacks, easily they could throw for 400 yards on a, on a single given Sunday and have three touchdowns. That isn't in Josh Allen's game. And I don't think his rushing ability is going to make up to finish as a QB seven. Yeah, I mean, he was solid in all of his rushing stats. Uh, top three in most rushing stats. He was second in attempts, second in red zone attempts, third in rushing yards overall, and first in that ever-so-important touchdown category, which is where we expect him to regress, uh, especially with the addition of Zach Moss. Uh, but he finished outside the top 20 in most passing stats, outside the top 20 in attempts, outside the top 20 in passing yards, touchdowns, completion percentage. The only way that he's going to return value at QB7 is legit if he scores 10 rushing touchdowns. Listen, and let's just say this, and I agree. Can he finish as a top-five quarterback? Sure, he can. Yeah. But, man, does he really have to improve as a passer. Everything has to hit the right spot for Josh Allen to finish inside the QB5. That's why at QB7, it's such a risk. Right. That, so what's more likely, outside QB7 or inside QB7? You know what I mean? Oh, I think oh, yeah. it's way more likely that it's outside QB7, which means you would be losing value at that pick. Absolutely. And I looked at other guys who are going in, in a similar ADP range, and there's like five to six guys available after Josh Allen who have like a fair to solid chance of finishing higher. Uh, you have guys like Tom Brady going after Josh Allen at QB9. I would prefer Carson Wentz at QB ten. I definitely, I would definitely prefer Drew Brees at QB eleven. Stafford, Me too. Stafford at QB thirteen. Think about all the guys that you're that you'd be able to take instead of Josh Allen. That one's close. That one's close for me. Stafford, yes, I agree. Yeah, Stafford's close. Oh, bro, I don't Stafford's think his weapons are that good. But we're, that's a whole other. Well, just, we we could fast forward to that I, division right now. You don't I, think Stafford's weapons are good, bro? I, he's got Kenny freaking Galladay. Marvin yes, freaking Jones. But that, Marvin Jones. TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying. What did the get me fired up here? Besides gotta, Kenny Galladay. Gotta defend my boy Matt Stafford. I just gave you oh, names man. besides Kenny Galladay. He's got weapons out of the backfield. DeAndre Swift and uh Carry on Johnson. 
we'll save it for that day because oh. I have some fire coming that day. Aside from Matt Stafford, there's still Jared Goff. If you want to go all the way down at QB 16, you can wait this I long. I will not go that far. I, I yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think, but that's the thing. Like, I don't think Goff's going to be consistent enough this year. But listen, I agree with you for every single one. Even Matt Stafford, even though I gave you a little shit, I agree with you every single one, especially Drew Brees. But would any, would anyone be a, would anyone be really shocked if Jared Goff finished above Josh Allen? Like it seems you close your eyes, you can see it. I mean, the recency bias says Josh Allen all the way, but Jared Goff has been the way better quarterback, and they came in the the league virtually the same. So yeah. And then uh, I have Cam Newton, who's currently going as the QB twenty. We know that that's going to go up, but that's where well, he's obviously at right that's now. a no brainer for me. Yeah, if you want essentially the same guy, potentially better than Josh Allen. Rounds, better weapons. Rounds and rounds later, yeah, I'll take Cam Newton all day. Yeah, for sure. So we talked on Josh Allen already in the last episode. We don't got to harp on that too much. Let's move on to DeAndre Hopkins, who is going in an early second-round pick, 204 at the wide receiver four. DeAndre Hopkins finished as yeah. wide receiver four or better in four of his past five seasons. What is different this year? His quarterback is a young up-and-coming superstar. His defense on the other side is absolutely terrible. Oh, and hold on. Are you about to defend DeAndre Hopkins' ADP? Is that what's about yes, to happen? Yes. Oh, I wasn't prepared is for it, that. I thought we were going to be in total sync on this no, one. No, I am not. Let me step back. Continue. So, as I was saying, his defense on the opposite side of the ball is subpar. That division... Defenses that they play against outside of San Francisco aren't opposing. And I think that he's clear as day the focal part of the offense. And I think that he's just going to get peppered with targets. I'm not saying it's egregious as a as a value. I'm just saying I think he's ranked correctly, if that makes sense. I think he's always there in the top five. You know, his quarterback is a young up-and-coming superstar. And I feel like Cliff Kingsbury is going to find a way to get him the ball a lot. So I definitely think they're going to get him the ball. You have to. He's nuke. He's one of the best receivers in the league. He's going to command targets. But to think he's going to keep that same pace from what he had going in Houston and carry it over to Arizona just seems like so much more to ask than people are. Yeah, it's a lot. But I think if there's a guy that's going to do it, I mean, they didn't just and they gave him a new contract. You know, they're investing him financially. You know where I, you know how I am, Jake, and I've said it over and over again, go where the money goes with fantasy sometimes or where the money potentially could go in a contract year. I just think that uh, they're all in on Nuke. I think they're going to use him appropriately. And uh, wide receiver four, I think he's appropriately ranked there. Now, one of my big concerns is, is he going to see the same massive target share in Arizona that he was seeing in Houston? Because there's no doubt that over time, him and Watson have kind of like built a rapport together. And he, Hopkins, is Watson's first look every single time. Yes. Uh, Hopkins has averaged a ridiculous 30.5% target share in Houston over the past five years. He averaged that. Michael Thomas this last, last season led the league in target share with 33%, just to put that in perspective. So good stat. Hopkins is always up there in target share. He he soaks up all of the Houston receiving offense. But can he do that now going into Arizona where Christian Kirk's no joke, man? I'm not saying He isn't Jake, but he's no nuke. And No, he's not. No one no one is nuke, but I'm just saying he's going to be in that slot commanding targets and I don't think that's a guy that Houston had before. 
Has Houston yeah, ever had a receiving back? Well, that's the whole thing, Jake. How often are they going to run the ball? And uh, that's spreading out offense. Yes. And then you know what? I was actually, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's another thing with the spread it out offense. So he has three, four receivers on the field. I don't know exactly how Houston was running their receiver sets, but now don't you think that opens up more opportunity for other receivers? If now the field looks... Or they can just use the spacing better to get New Goffins the ball. Maybe. I'm just saying, there's... Th- listen, it could, and this is, this is exactly where I think we should be on a player like Nuke, Jake. We should be split down the middle because I think he's adequately ranked, and I can't see you dropping him out of your top eight. No, no, and I wouldn't. So I don't think there's that... like. I think you can miss on Josh Allen by maybe 15 quarterbacks if it's really bad. I don't think you can miss much on Nuke. He's he's not so much of a risky pick, I think, at 204. Yeah, and, and to speak to that, and I said it before, like with these players that I deem overvalued, there's something scary about taking him there when there's guys on the board you can wait around and draft Allen Robinson or Juju. No, thank you. Or Juju Smith-Schuster or Adam no, Thielen, you. and they're all going to soak nope. up targets. They might all nope. have a better t- target share than Nuke. No way, man. Those guys are not in the same class as Nuke, and it's not close. Not talent-wise, and I do think it's close. I think Allen Robinson's a freak. Who's throwing him the football? Nick. What do they call him? Exactly. They call him. Exactly. No, no, no. Know. They call him Big Dick Nick. You don't even know. I know. His last name's Foles. Come on. I got him, I got him in Devi. He's going to carry me to the promised land. Either way, I we're getting off track. All right, That's so listen, Mur- Kyler Murray spread the ball out pretty evenly in 2019. Christian Kirk commanding a, a team leading 25% target share, but Larry Fitzgerald right behind him with 21% target share. That's someone that you're not even thinking about. What if Larry Fitzgerald comes in and steals targets? I don't he care. Will. He will. Larry, right? Legend, Larry Legend will always steal targets in that offense. Always. At this point in his career, uh, Houston's so, never had a running back who's going to command targets. We know Kenyon Drake's going to see targets. He might see 80 targets this year, right? Right? Uh, I can't go that far, Jake. I, I don't know, man. I just, I think that that's just a the lot way that of offers, a lot of footballs to throw around the field. That's all I'm saying. A lot of targets. I'm not saying here's in exactly what I said, Jake. I'm not saying I agree with you. Maybe it's a touch high. But it's not, he's not going to finish so far low where it's going to affect you like a Josh Allen and some of these other guys that you could potentially miss on. That's what my final point is. That upper echelon of top five receivers needs to be locked in. I need to know a thousand percent that I'm getting eight touchdowns and a thousand yards from Tyreek Hill. Book it. It's done. I, I think that's, I think I would plus a board bet that he gets that this year easily. Uh, someone like Julio Jones, I know what I'm getting out of him. Devontae yep. Adams, I know that he's gonna have, uh, yep. he's gonna have freaking 200 targets this year. Michael Thomas, I, you know what you're getting from him, yeah. and then it's New Hopkins. That's where it gets now. Now you got to think. I, I don't think so, but look at the players after him, Jake. Look at the players after him, them, after him, and I, I, I can make a case against further against all those other receivers. Julio Jones is being drafted after DeAndre Hopkins right now as the wide receiver five. That's stupid. That's fine. Okay, so move him back one spot. Move him back. If he was five, would you say it's not bad? Well, the thing is, here's the thing. I can wait on DeAndre Hopkins, and then after him, Julio Jones is there, or Chris Godwin's there, or Kenny Galladay is there. Mike Evans is there. No. This list is stacked. You can wait until Cooper Cup. I would 
I would rather have all. I would rather have none of those. I, over, th- uh, I think Cooper Cup is safer than DeAndre Hopkins. Oh man, I cannot shake my hand faster on a bet on that one. <laughs> I don't know how we would format it, but no. I'll bet you a case of beer, and we could do a beer bet. We have a beer board that we've been keeping track of. We're gonna Jake need to. Up. We're gonna have to bring the freaking forklift yeah. in to carry all this beer to my house. Yeah, it's going to my house. <laughs> yeah. So. I will bet you on a points per game basis because obviously if there's injured for more than half the season or whatever, three quarters of the season, I will bet you a case of beer that on a points per game basis, Nuke is at least a top seven receiver. Ooh, that's probably right where I'd put that over under too. Seven. And you know what? You're, it sounds like you're valuing him at that spot. And if that's... I'm saying that's his low, low. The wide receiver seven right now is Kenny Galladay, who's going at the end of the second round. That sounds like you're super confident that he's that Kenny Galladay is better than Nuke Hopkins. So pretty confident. So what do we say? Do we have a bet on a points per game basis? Half PPR, Kenny Galladay versus Nuke. Okay, yeah, you're wrong. Beer bet. I thought you were gonna woo me. Not no. like not like woo me like in a romantic way uh, like like no, Ric Flair no, way. That's for that's for that's for getting, beginning of the show. Only. <laughs> All right, we can move off of Nuke and a guy that I just mentioned, who I also think is a tad overvalued, is Mike Evans out of Tampa Bay. Do we yes, agree sir. on this one at three oh five, the wide receiver eight? Yep, I, I at the wide receiver eight, Jake, and this is kind of extending as. Much as I was kind of in on uh, Nuke, I'm definitely out on Mike Evans. Okay, it's kind of hard to say what's going to happen in Tampa Bay this year, right? What's who's to say that we don't get noodle on Tom Brady this year? The guy is 45 years old. If we don't get Tom Brady at least, you know, 75% of his Pro Bowl years and his MVP years, if he if we get a shell of Brady, the all these Tampa Bay options need to go way down on the list, and that's. That's a possibility. With that being said, I do think Evans is a guaranteed, no doubt he's going to be better than a wide receiver too. He's going to be like 20 to all the way down to where, you know, 10. But there's definitely, I think, a more of a likely chance that he drops out of the top 12 receivers than stays where he's at at wide receiver eight. Exactly. And that's kind of the way I feel about Nuke. It's the whole like change of environment that can it get better than what it was before because last year it was pretty damn great for mike evans like incredible i mean that defense was giving up points and and not even the defense Jameis was throwing pick six and then Jameis was just having to unleash it down the other side of the field and it was just a it was a run-up score every single game exactly Um, it's not great for winning games if you're the tampa bay buccaneers but it's beautiful for fantasy football it's exactly what you want was the Jameis winston factor for your receivers Jameis winston went out through for 5100 yards that was eighth all time eighth all time among quarterbacks and now brady's gonna come in and produce two top eight wide receivers like exactly like Jameis Winston did you don't have yep. to argue with me about Tom Brady being a better quarterback than Jameis Winston uh winning game wise yeah yeah I don't think there's much of a debate there but I don't see a scenario where Tom Brady throws for 5,000 yards this year and even if he does now we have Gronk in the picture how many yeah that's how, a great point how many targets is he gonna see this year 
Yeah, and that's, you know, Brady's peppered Gronk in the past. I don't think Brady's going to throw for 5,000 yards. And you throw for a, maybe a max of 43 to 4,500. And if you split them up between Godwin, Evans, Gronk, and whoever the pass-catching running back is, I just don't think there's enough there to support Mike Evans. Yeah, Mike Evans saw 118 targets last year, 67 receptions, uh, just under 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. And he missed a little bit of time, uh, 13 games played. But he was actually like the wide receiver three in fantasy, practically on a points per game basis, 15.3, just behind Chris Godwin at wide receiver two. Now, that's what concerns me is what what I kind of see with Tom Brady stepping into the offense is him locking on to his new Julian Edelman, his new and improved Julian Edelman and Chris Godwin. And I, I feel like Mike Evans, though just as talented, might just get the short end of the stick in that offense. Surely we expect Tampa Bay's defense to be marginally better than they were last year. Surely they made some improvements, and in turn, Tampa Bay won't be passing on 63% of their offensive snaps like they did last year. So now, not only is Evans going to see less targets, but the offense as a whole is going to see less passing volume. I don't see any way he returns value at wide receiver eight. Maybe that's his ceiling, right? I think, uh, you know, his ceiling could be six. I don't see maybe 10% chance on that, where I say easily a 50% chance, 60% chance that the volume goes down and he finishes outside wide receiver 12. I feel like for him to finish wide receiver six, Chris Godwin has to miss a significant portion of the season. Him I agree. And, and or Gronk. Gronk. Yeah, exactly. Tom Brady's never supported two top eight fantasy receivers in his career, in his uh, what, yep. 20-year career. Do we expect Chris Godwin to finish in the top eight? While we're on Evans? See, it's who Brady picks, really. I mean, that both those guys are on the outside. If whoever he finds a rapport with early, because obviously he's going to already have it with Gronk already. So whoever he finds a rapport with early, I think those are going to be the more favor of the two. Uh, and if I had to make a guess, it's Chris Godwin. And the other side of things, I mean, Mike Evans was the favorite target for Jameis Winston. And by no means is Mike Evans washed up. The dude is a freaking stud no, still. He's no, an definitely athlete. Not but and, his quarterback might be. That's what I'm worried uh, about. Yeah, maybe. And I don't even think Tom Brady's washed. I just don't think he's going to have that uh, same Jameis Winston air it out mentality where you're just slinging it downfield. Oh, yeah. Jameis Br- Winston is purely YOLO. Tom Brady's a game manager. He's there to win games. Heating it down the field. It was that he's heating it down the field? Heating it. That's that that's some pop culture for you. Well, it might be a little old, but is it you throw something across Walmart and you go, yeet. Oh, yeeting it. Yeah. Ah, dude, that's completely over my head. I've never even heard about that. Yeah, look it up. All right, yeet. For your young folk out there. So Tom Brady's never supported two top eight fantasy receivers, but he has supported two top twelve receivers just once in his career, and they were Randy Moss, Wes Welker? Yes, very good, sir. Randy Moss and Wes Welker back in 2009. Yeah. Uh, So I have a hard time believing that, uh, what, 10 years later, he's going to do it again and get inside the top eight, which is where Mike Evans and Godwin's current ADPs both are. I mean, fantasy football is about a game of percentages and a game of likelihoods. I definitely could see two top 12, but, you know, that's not what we're talking here. We're talking top eight. And I feel like Brady's also going to want to lock on to whoever he he finds is his passing option out of the backfield. Who do you think that's going to be? Yep. Uh, I think it – 
we had this earlier about Keyshawn Vaughn and I'm not all out on Rojo. I just think that Bruce Arians does not like Rojo at all. And it uh, seems that way. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out for sure. All right, let's move on to some running backs. And I know we're on the same page about this one. We spoke about it uh, right before we went live on the show. Tiffany's, baby. Tiffany's. (laughs) Mr. Tiffany's himself, Joe Mixon, running back, Cincinnati Bengals. This is a guy, dude, who since he's been a rookie, I love this guy. Big fan of Joe Mixon's talent. I think he's a stud. But right now, he is going as the eighth overall pick. 108 RB seven a couple things that are going against joe mixon bad offensive line horrible not just bad horrible offensive line right off the bat two the defense is terrible that means negative game script that means throwing the ball a lot more for joe burrow three and maybe more importantly than anything we got a new regime coming in and they have all these wide receivers aj green's back tyler boyd's there T. Higgins is coming in. There's a lot of weapons on the outside. There's just so much going against Mr. Mixon that I would rather take Nuke for sure and a bunch of other receivers, the the Julio Jones of the world, the Adams of the world. I think that there's Michael Thomas, obviously. I think those are definitely better options where uh, Mixon is going. You know, RB7, pick eight. Yeah, I'd pretty much prefer all of those upper echelon wide receivers to Joe Mixon, especially if we're playing PPR. I don't even really have to think about it. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of things you pointed to, their terrible offensive line ranked 31st on PFF.com. It's out of 32 for you people out there. That is out of 32, a.k.a. second worst offensive line in the league. I think Miami might have been the worst, if I recall. That would definitely make sense. But uh, they're going to – I anticipate them being just as bad this year. They are going to see the return of 11th round overall pick Jonah Williams, who uh, missed his entire rookie season with yeah. a shoulder yeah, injury. That's a, that's a big deal. I mean, that's a big deal. But he's, he's, st- he's still, a rookie, still a rookie. Still a rookie. Still a rookie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. An- another thing you spoke to was now as, as a result of that in bad defense, they're going to be playing with a lot of negative game scripts. I think a lot of people would would hear that and get excited if they had Joe Mixon because now you would assume that that leads to targets out of the backfield. But Joe Mixon really isn't that much of a receiving back, and it's surprising. The dude's got burst. He can he can do things in the open field, but he had 45 targets in 2019, ranking 27th. You know why his ADP is so inflated? Because Joe Burrow factor? I can't figure it out. I don't think it is. I think it's because it's like a it's like a little bit of recency bias. People remember he went on a tear at the end of the season. Yes, like, he did. If you drafted Joe Mixon wherever he was going last year and you had him on your team, you were, were so disappointed. He was the RB32 for the first half of the season. Weeks 1 through 8, the RB32. Wow. From weeks 10 through 16, the RB6. Yeah, but that's as good as they can get. And they were playing horrible defenses at the end of the year last year. They were playing horrible defenses. Not to mention, a lot of his production came in like four games. Joe Mixon rushed for like a solid 1,100 yards last season, but just under 50% of those yards came in four games, including a ridiculous 162-yard game in a meaningless Week 17 matchup. Exactly. Meaning, meaningless for fantasy. 
So, I mean, those four games don't happen. He has actually a pretty pitiful year. He finished RB16 total in 2019 with only one week inside the top seven running backs. And now he's being drafted as the seventh running back. Ooh, how, that's a good stat. How does yeah. that even happen? Now, okay, so we're both out on where he's going against. Oh, I'm super out, man. I oh, mean, yeah, big time. Big I, time. I, I would probably have to see Joe Mixon at the end of the second to think about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So here's my next question. Where do you think his floor is? I think his floor is where he finished last year. RB16? I don't see yeah. him dropping in the, the 20s. Yeah, you know? as, as much as I want to be a hater, I, I could totally see RB16, but picturing him outside the 20, that's tough, uh, especially as a guy who should really see the majority of carries. I don't think Gio Bernard will be really involved at uh, all. Not at all. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I definitely, you know, I definitely think there's just too much going against him. Maybe Joe Burrow locks onto him and he sees more than 45 targets in 2019 and he actually becomes a decent passing option. Yeah, it's possible. Here's some guys being drafted after Joe Mixon who all come with receiving upside in, in some degree. Kenyon Drake, RB9. I'd I'd rather have him over Joe Mixon. There is no probably. I would rather take him over Joe Mixon. Yeah. Austin Eckler, RB11. I think I'd rather have him over Joe Mixon. I would. Would you prefer Leonard Fournette at RB15? No. It's close for me. Injury. Injuries. Injuries, injury, sminjury. Leonard, Leonard Fournette played a full season last year. We had to listen to that all last offseason about his injury risk, and he went out there and he proved everyone wrong. He stayed healthy. He saw 100 targets last year. And he might get traded. That would be a bummer. That would be a problem. I'm just saying. But that's getting off topic. Todd Gurley at running back 16. That's no. all I'm saying. And I'm, it, I think he's 12. It I think he should be ranked 12. It doesn't even have to be a this or that. The fact is you don't have to take Joe Mixon at the end of the first round when Devontae Adams is available, when Michael Thomas is probably available, depending on how, how your draft goes. But knowing that you can wait for Todd Gurley at running back 16, that's what it's all about. Yep. If all this about the receiving upside or lack thereof wasn't enough, have we heard anything about this potential holdout? Yeah. Because the H word's been thrown around more than once. Yeah, that's a good point too, Jake. And this is maybe a guy that will fall down draft boards come, you, come August. Yeah, the, yeah, the longer without a new contract. But you would think by now with uh, no progress being made in that department that his ADP would start to resemble that. But here we are, uh, you know, mid to end first round, RB7. Yep. All right. Like a Band-Aid, let's get it over with. The next one. Oh, baby. Our next guy in our totally overdrafted list is... Oh, my goodness. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, running back. Backup running back, Kansas oh, City Chiefs. He is currently being drafted at the 209. He is the running back 14 as a rookie. Why is he at running back 14 as a rookie, Donnie? Yeah, I agree, Jake. Why is he? Why isn't he running back eight as a rookie? <laughs> oh. Well played. So, well played. All right, Jake. So I'm going to go first, and then you could shit on me second. But yeah. I'm going to state my case before I get shit on. All right? Yeah, throw it all out there. So who is – this is going to be a series of questions leading up to a crescendo. Who is the coach of Claude Edwards Hellier? Am I under oath right now? Am I being I'm just asking a simple question? I feel like sir. I'm being interrogated. I'm just asking a simple question. Sir. Should I call my lawyer? Who is the head coach of Clyde Edwards Hellier? 
Andy Reid. How many top 10 running backs has Andy Reid produced over the last 15 years? Ooh, over the past 15 years. Percentage. Are we, yeah, are we talking about how many years has he had one or how many individual running backs? How many years has he had oh, one? Oh, how many years of, has how many years of a career? 15. Six? 70%, sir. Oh, 70%. so that's, uh, I don't do math so well. 10 out yes. of 15? Yep. Wow. Just good under guess. 10. So here's what I'm saying, Jake. Well, that was, I mean, LaShawn McCoy maybe did, did wonders for him. Ryan Westbrook. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. So who did, who, and I understand, uh, you know, Spencer Ware got hurt, and that's why Kareem Hunt took over. But I, it is so similar to me, Clyde Edwards, Hellier, and Kareem Hunt. He's coming in. He's the highly touted rookie. He catched the ball out of backfield. He had 55 catches on a national championship teams and dominated against the best teams in the SEC last year, including Auburn, Alabama. And then to top it all off, Jake, the crescendo of the argument. I have an article. The headline reads, Patrick Mahomes, why he wanted Chiefs to draft Clyde Edwards Hellier. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Continue. Mr. 500 million Patrick Mahomes. He was poor. He was poor though when he asked every for every single player that was available at the running back position was there. He chose Clyde Edwards Hellier, Mister Five Hundred Million. In that situation, you just paid your quarterback. He is Superman. He won you a net. He won you a championship. Secured the MVP of the championship. If he wants that dude on the field, that dude's going to be on the field. Mike drop. D Hall out. My first counter argument on the uh, his production at LSU and and his uh, dominance over the SEC, how do you expect these college defenses to respect the run of the LSU offense when Jamar Chase is out there, Justin Jefferson's out there, and Joe Burrow's setting records all over everyone's faces? They can't stack the box. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire yeah, had to run yeah, against, had to run box, against three guys. He had, he had 60 catches last year in college. 60, bro. That's because everyone's covering the best two receivers in the nation. Obviously, they didn't do a good job. <laughs> no, they did a terrible job, but that's besides the point. 60 catches, bro, in college. And then you're the quarterback who's the best, maybe the best player of our generation, and picks you out of a class of running backs? Come on, that's, bro. That's impressive, and I think that means a lot. But I think a lot of people, yourself included, are way too hung up on, oh, God, the Chiefs drafted a rookie running back. That means – hold on, let's put the mic down. Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt 2.0. I don't think he's 2.0 Kareem Hunt. I don't. But – You have to if you're drafting him that early as a rookie. At RB 15, Jake? 14. 14? Come on, dude. Seriously, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. RB fourteen. Okay, if you're to Kareem Hunt finishes RB three his rookie year. They are different. I'm not drafting him as an RB three. I'm dropping him RB ten. They're different it's players. Kareem Hunt it was 216. Freaking Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a shrimp, dude. Five yep. five seven two oh seven. He's gonna have to find some Monte of that. Freeman, baby. He, I was gonna do better than that. I was gonna say he's got to find some of that Barry Sanders magic. And he's gonna have to be. You can't put anyone's. You can't put anyone. I mean, ready. he's gonna have to be so good in between the tackles. He's gonna have to catch a lot of footballs. And I mean, whose whose target share is he taking away from? Because Tyreek Hill is gonna get his. 
And I expect McCole Hardman to take a step forward in that offense. Travis Kelsey is going to get his. And are we just going to pretend Damian Williams doesn't exist anymore? I just Damian Williams was in the doghouse so much last year, it wasn't even funny. It's about how he finished the year, though. It was incredible. His playoffs, six touchdowns in three Say games. That to Tony Michelle. Six touchdowns in three. Sonny Michelle sucks. Six touchdowns. How many times did Sonny Michelle kill in the playoffs? Six touchdowns in three games. 104 yards and two touchdowns in the big one to seal it for the Chiefs. I mean, who's nope. to, who's to say Damian Williams doesn't become the red zone, the goal line back for the Chiefs? A guy who's four inches taller and 20 pounds heavier than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah. Okay. He could be the. He could be. He could be, and that's and that's why I can't take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as the running back fourteen. Yeah, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could draw. He could catch seventy balls next year. He is so much better as a receiving running back. It's not even close. All right, let me break it down for you. Here's where everyone who's drafting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at RB fourteen, end of the second round, two oh nine. Here's where you're doing it wrong. Last year, the guy you wanted was. Miles Sanders, because as far as rookie running backs goes. So Miles Sanders, ADP 505. That's where you want your rookie running backs, where you can actually get something in return because he was drafted as the RB 27, but finished as the RB 14. And he really only got going after Jordan Howard got hurt. So your end of season value is through the roof. Now, Miles Sanders finished with 818 yards rushing, okay? Three touchdowns. He saw 63 targets, 50 receptions for three touchdowns in the air. That's kind of where I see CEH finishing with those stats, right? So you're seeing you're saying he's adequately ranked at RB14 then? I'm and now that again, that's where Miles Sanders finished with those stats was RB14. That's what I'm saying. But that's exactly why CEH is being overvalued because he needs to hit that plateau just to hit 14. I think he's at, so I think he's and, accurately ranked at 14 and I think he has a great potential to finish in the top 8. You want to pass on that guy at 14 because what can happen is you can get the 2020 version of Miles Sanders. I looked this up and it worked out ever so perfectly. I wanted to see who is being taken around that same ADP that Miles Sanders was going at last year at the 505. At 505 in this year's ADP, it's DeAndre Swift at running back 28, and Miles Sanders last year was running back 27. The comparison is so perfect. DeAndre Swift is a guy that no one is talking about. He's not getting that crazy hype that CEH is because he's on the Super Bowl champions with freaking Pat, uh, with, Mahomes. with Pat Mahomes. Yeah, sure, the best quarterback in the league. But no one's talking about DeAndre Swift, who forget about on Johnson. He's toast. DeAndre Swift can come in and be just as effective. He can finish with more fantasy points this season than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I wouldn't be shocked, and you can get him three rounds later. Oh, Ten running nope. backs later. I'm not making a bet on it. I don't think he's going to finish with more points, but that's where the value is, is DeAndre Swift in the fifth round and passing on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the second. I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one, Jake. We both have good points, but uh, neither of us are going to back down. Players going around Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, his current ADP. You could draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, unproven rookie, coming into Kansas City, or you could draft Chris Godwin, George Kittle, Kenny Galladay. Leonard Fournette's going in that area. I'd prefer oh. Leonard Fournette over CEH. Mike Evans, Todd Gurley, I think should be, they should be close. Don't you, stop it. 
I'm just, I'm just get it, get it through I'm... your tough skull that that's a bad spot for an unproven rookie. Jake, what was my nickname in college? Jughead. That's, that's what that's, I am. You ain't getting through this, Jug baby. That's J U G J U G head. I, I I used to call you Jughead all the time before I ever called you Donnie. And I remember talking to my grandma one time. And I brought up Jughead, and she like gasped because she thought I said Drughead. <laughs> that was a good thing we changed that up once yeah. we, we started living with each other. All right, let's move off of CEH, and we've got one more guy. And if you follow me at all on Twitter, you've seen my. I don't want to say hatred for this guy. That sounds pretty mean, pretty rude. My uh, disdain. Do good word. Disdain. My lack of trust in this player, his current ADP. It is Darren Waller, tight end, Las Vegas Raiders, 606, going as the tight end five. There is no chance in hell that he finishes at tight end five. And if he does, no he has to have a miraculous season. Miraculous. Yep. Yeah, what he had this year. Exactly, and he finishes the tight end five last season. Right. But that was in an offense that didn't have That any... had no receivers. His literal target competition was Tyrell Williams and rookie slot receiver Hunter Renfro. He was, by default, the number one target in that offense. Not even close. He commanded a 23.8 target share, fourth last year. It's going to plummet. Las Vegas went into the draft, drafted two top 15 receivers, Henry Ruggs, the first wide receiver off the board, 12th overall. And Brian Edwards in the third round, wide receiver of 14. Don't sleep on Hunter Renfro either. Don't sleep on Brian Edwards. That's what I'm saying. Um, and, and I was going to speak on Hunter Renfro. I think that's a guy who's going to see a ton of targets out of the slot. And he's going to have the biggest impact on Darren Waller in those shorter uh, intermediate yep. routes. It's a great point. But Absolutely. Absolutely. Henry Ruggs being the first wide receiver taken in the draft in this loaded wide receiver draft behind Jerry Judy or in front of Jerry Judy in front of CD Lamb. Yep. Uh, he's going to get targets in in his first season. Oh, and uh, Brian Edwards. I am head over heels over this guy. I talked to you about him a little bit before. South Carolina's leader in all time leader in receiving yards, all time leader in receptions. That yep. guy is a stud. He might be the best receiver in that offense over Henry Ruggs when it's all said and done. Very well could be. Very well could nice, be, Jake. Nice sleeper bet. But what, and, I'm, what I'm getting to is Darren Waller doesn't have a chance at commanding 24% of the team's targets next year. No way. No way. Darren Waller only scored three touchdowns last year, and I, I think that's going to come up. It kind of has to go up. But I just don't think it'll be enough to uh, make up for the lack of targets he's going to see with all these new guys coming into the offense. That and Hunter Renfro was kind of already a pain in his side last year. Yep. In, in 2019, in games that Renfro was active, Darren Waller only managed two top nine tight end weeks. Again, a guy who's being drafted as the tight end five. Only two top nine tight end weeks while Hunter Renfro was in the lineup. He balled out when Renfro was out of the lineup because then it's Darren Waller and... Darren, the middle of the field. In the middle of the field and Darren Waller, exactly. Despite this lack of target competition, Foster Moreau still scored two more touchdowns than Darren Waller last year. Darren Waller didn't even lead the Raiders' tight ends in touchdowns. If that wasn't enough, if you weren't worried about Foster Moreau stealing from Darren Waller, they signed Jason Witten. And you yeah. know what? You, you might think he's washed up and he's a joke now. The guy finished his tight end 11 last year, and I think he's going to catch some footballs. He's definitely. I mean, He's not, he, he, not going to just be there to hold a clipboard. It's at least 25 to 30 catches. That's going to get into Darren Waller, Foster Moreau. 
Hunter yep. Renfro, Henry Ruggs, Brian Josh, Edwards. Josh Jacobs takes a step forward. Oh, there's the ball. yeah, something something came out today, and there's been rumors all offseason about him starting to see more targets out of the backfield. At the end of the day, all of this is just coming right out of Darren Waller's pocket. The Raiders aren't going to just – I don't think they're going to throw a whole lot more than they did in 2019. Yep. And that's a problem for a guy that you're taking as the tight end five. Yeah, yeah. And like I said before, the budding superstars that, that they have on the defensive side of things, um, and they still went heavy in the draft after the first round. Uh, Max Crosby, you know, I think he had seven or eight sacks last year. He's, he's really he's coming up. and you know, it's just the defense overall is going to be better. So that's also what takes out of Darren Waller's pocket because there's no garbage time, which was a lot of last year. I think you and I draft very similarly. Similarly, I think you and I draft very similarly uh, when we're scouting out tight ends because, and you spoke on this before, you kind of want one of those top few guys. And then after that, you might as well wait and hope you find the Mark Andrews of 2020 at the end of the draft. Darren Waller of 2020 at the end of the, the draft. Absolutely, the Darren Waller of 2020. And that's the thing. You wanted Darren Waller last year. That was the pick. That was the golden yeah. ticket, him or Mark Andrews. And yeah. Darren Waller would go undrafted, and you could get him as a free agent. But that's where I'm in on Darren Waller, not at tight end five. Yep, 100%. Looking at ADP right now, it goes Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz. Lock it in. That's that's your top four next year. I would be yeah, shocked cool with all that yep. outside of injury if that's not the top four in whatever order. But yep, then cool the that. next guy on the list is Darren Waller. Yeah, who's going after him, Jake? Let's do that. Who's going after Darren Waller for the five spot? Yes, dude, I could do this all day. Um, so f real quick before I do, I was getting into like those middle tier of tight ends. I have so little interest in because of how yep. high their ADP is and the talent you have to pass on to take a uh, a Darren Waller uh, around later, a Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, who's had injury issues, Tyler Higbee, yeah. who's had four, five good games in his career. But yeah. you go to the end of 175th overall, there's Blake Jarwin. Yep, or Eric Ebron. 156, 156th overall, Eric Ebron. 160 yeah. overall, Jack Doyle. You want yeah, to tell me at the end of the year you don't you don't see a world where Jack Doyle finishes above Darren Waller with yeah, Philip Rivers think, throwing him I the ball? He's going to progress. I think he's going to go down eight, nine, somewhere around there. You want to talk about guys who can come for Darren Waller's five spot right out of the bat? Hunter Henry, absolutely. Evan Ingram, I think he could finish in the top three. Tyler Higby, I think could outperform him. Jared Cook, yep. Austin Hooper, yep. Rob Gronkowski, Mike Gesicki. Uh, Noah Fant, I'd have questions about Hayden Hurst going 117th overall. If you're drafting Darren Waller 54th overall instead of Hayden Hurst 117th overall, you're doing it wrong. Middle middle tight end wasteland. I've been preaching about it all uh, offseason. Dallas Goddard, Johnny Smith is going 136th overall. If you draft Darren Waller in the freaking 54th spot, I have no respect for you. You're doing it wrong. Wow. Going deep to end the episode. Back in February, I started tweeting about it. I posted a top 12 tight ends list. It didn't have Darren Waller on it. And at the end of the list, I disclosed, no, I did not forget Darren Waller. I don't know. Looking back now, he probably cracks the top 12. But just making a statement here that if you're drafting him at freaking tight end five, the guys you're missing on, some of the receivers going in the sixth round right now, Terry McLaurin, Stephon yep. Diggs, Devontae, yeah. Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry. 
Oh, it's you're no missing out on these guys when you, instead of taking Darren Waller in the sixth round, you could take Hunter Henry or not Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst at whatever 117th overall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think we're in big time agreement. So, you know, kind of to wrap the episode up, we have a lot of uh, agreements, but we definitely had some disagreements in this uh, for sure. So I hope you draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire in our draft at 209. I am begging you to draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the middle of the second me. round. I might draft him at 201. <laughs> and that's the episode. Thank you for listening, everybody. It's been a fun show, as always. Donnie, take us out. Tell them about your show. Hey, guys, check it out near Faculty Hall. I'm starting to get a pretty big uh, base. I've been sending some people over here uh, and getting some feedback on that. So doing some really good stuff, man. And uh, I'm actually looking at having kind of my idol on the wrestling side of things. I'm interviewing him this week. So super, super excited about it. He runs a podcast called Wrestling Changed My Life. It's my favorite podcast of all time, and I'm interviewing the uh, creator of it. So really good stuff on the wrestling side. Cannot wait to hear it. Fun stuff. Donnie, thank you as always. Thank you for listening. Later. Love you, Jake. Love you guys.